Yes, there's a war for your soul. Thank you, Jesus. The war is won. Hallelujah. We rest in the fullness of your completion. Lord God, you said, I will never leave you or forsake you. We pray down here on earth that your will be done, even in this place, even in this time, even as it's being done and declared in heaven, that your will, your justice, your truth, your revelation, your salvation, your kingdom come, Father God. Thank you, Jesus, that you did the will of the Father when you died on the cross for us. Thank you that you purchased our salvation and you made it clear, clean, uh, released us from the grip of Satan. Lord God, if only more people would know that. I thank you for giving us power over all the power of the enemy, power to live a victorious life, power to, to overcome, power to run the race and finish the course with joy and with peace, with uh, satisfaction, uh, with fruitfulness, with uh, your righteousness, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus, that you've promised us that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken, no war, no contention, no hindrance, no harassment, uh, nothing Satan does, little or, or, or great, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, Lord, I thank you for divine holy protection over all of us in this battle, in this war, over our families, those who work for us, pray for us, love us, the many that are listening today, that you cover and keep and complete us, Lord God, that we would be faithful to complete what you have been faithful to do in us. And give us your wisdom. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Remove every spirit of rebellion, contention, anything, any hoods, caps, veils Satan has put over our minds, our eyes. I bind the spirits of stupor that come through religion. I bind the spirits that come through deaf and dumb spirits, mute spirits. And I ask now that you clear our minds that we will have the mind of Christ and be able to receive what you're saying today, Father. Open our ears, remove the deaf and dull spirits in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to talk today about finishing the race, right? Well, starting out by saying that a lot of people believe that we're just here by accident, by chance, mm-hmm. and nothing could be farther from the truth. Absolutely. And there is a there's a destiny for each of us that God has. And and if you look at Jeremiah chapter one, this is absolutely mind blowing. Okay, he says uh, he's calling Jeremiah to be a prophet. He's a, he's a young man. Yeah, at probably this time. seventeen, eighteen, maybe. Yeah, probably maybe teenager. Teenager. Jeremiah 1, 4, and 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nation. So wait a minute here. He says, Before you were even formed in your mother's womb. Before I brought you forth. I I knew you Mm -hmm. before you were even... So there's really, a obviously, a, a very specific destiny and purpose for, for Jeremiah that God had already known about before he even made him. And we can say, well, that's, that's for Jeremiah. No, that's for, that's for all of us. Yes. If it's true for Jeremiah, mm-hmm. it's true for each of us. Because like Psalm 139 says in verse 13, For you have formed my inward parts. You have covered me in my mother's womb. 
even even then, before the foundation of the world, he knew as my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. You saw my substance being yet unformed, and in my and in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So every day God's got, got a, a, like a diary on us. And every day the the things that are gonna happen are already written. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and, and I mean this is yeah, in, in, in one place it talks about where he he knows our words before we even speak them. Or our thoughts before we would even think them, yeah, I would imagine. Right, exactly. So here we are. So I don't mean, tell me we're an accident then, right? Right, right. Because you know, and th- that we're fo- formed, that God is forming purposely each of, each of us. Deliberately. Each, each baby in the womb is being formed by God, mm-hmm. and we are absolutely criminal to interrupt that process. Right. Ephesians chapter 1 also really brings this home when it says, um, as Paul is talking about uh uh, the the Lord, he says, verse 3 of chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the, in heavenly places. I, I, I would imagine most of us don't feel continually blessed with spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Most of us are not even aware of heavenly places. We're much more aware of our of the reality down here of mm-hmm. traffic jams and you know injustices and problems uh, problems problems yeah 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 but he says just as he has he chose us in him he God chose us in him in himself before the foundation of the world again we're talking about God knowing about us before we were ever here ever brought onto the planet that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So his purpose for us is to be holy. Wait a minute. God knew us before the planets were here. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Before the foundation of the world. So that means... Before, in, before creation. Before we even know we existed, we existed. <laughs> yeah. In the mind of God. Wow. So he chose us from before the foundation of the world. So he's, he's not forgotten. If he knew about you way back then, I doubt if he's forgotten about us now. Um, that we should be holding without blame before him in love. This is exactly the opposite of what Satan wants us to believe. He wants us to believe we're unholy and bl- full of blame, guilt, shame, condemnation. But God says, having predestined us to be to adoption, predestined us, predetermined us to be participate in, be positioned in, um, brought into his family to adopt through adoption as the sons uh, by Jesus Christ to himself. So God is using Jesus Christ to bring us back to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace that by which he made us accepted in the beloved. So we have been blessed, we have been chosen, we have been predestined, adopted, accepted, we have a destiny, we have a purpose, we're not just an accident or an afterthought with God, we are his workmanship. And this sets us up to realize that we are running in a race. Uh, you know, we've been chosen. Um, Ephesians chapter four says what that he uh, what we're his workmanship created well, yeah, in Christ it's Jesus. Actually, Ephesians chapter two verses eight through ten. Uh, For by oh, grace ha- you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God. Okay, so there's a, there's a salvation. There's grace that comes to us, not of works lest anyone should boast. So this is not our own doing. We've not, it, it, salvation is not an achievement. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a gift received. Right. 
and, and worked out in our lives by the Holy Spirit. But verse 10 of Ephesians 2, for we are his workmanship. Mm-hmm. In other words, he's the one that's doing it. He's the potter, we're the clay. Right, and it talks about, in, back in Psalm 139, that God forms us. He, he knits us together. He like embroiders us skillfully and uniquely. Or his workmanship, right. His workmanship. It, we're, we're what God has made. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't make junk, like someone said, right? Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God preordained or prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this walk, this walk that we're walking out, this race that we're running, uh, begins with an, an, a very specific individual call upon your life. Most of us don't think we're very special. We're just one of many in the masses, and we have, we're, we're identified by certain numbers all over the place. But we don't seem to have a, a concept of ourselves being known and loved and um, uh, God, that God is, is, is for us. He's fond of us. He loves us. He wants us to, to and, prosper and, and God in the good is, things he sent us to. Right, and God is working in us. He's working on us. He's working through us. And we have to remember, too, we're not really talking so much about that today, but um, uh, someone said, God loves you and everyone else has a wonderful plan for your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, his plan... But yes, then the, the, plan, the plan that the, our enemy has is to rob us of our gifts, mm-hmm. steal, kill, destroy. That's, that's his counter plan because he, he doesn't want to see God's plan for us of fulfilled. Of course not. Why and sometimes, you know, what we do, Marjorie, is we, we look at other people and we compare ourselves. Our race to and, theirs. And, and this, is, this is really wrong because we say, well, I mean, I wish I could be like so-and-so. Here, here's the deal. Let's learn, observe others, learn from them, learn from their successes, learn from their mistakes, and just observe them. And there's, there's qualities, in a sense, we can imitate. You know, Paul told Timothy, uh, be follower of me as I am Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he told the Corinthians that. Uh, he, he said, okay, Look at, see how I follow Christ. You can, you follow Christ with the same kind of, of devotion and intensity, but you're going to serve him uniquely because you're uniquely designed. You're called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. It's interesting in John chapter 21, you know, after the resurrection of Jesus and, and, uh, uh, it says in, in verse 20, it says, then Peter turned around, saw and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following. That would be John. So, okay, the Apostle John, who also had leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, who is this one who betrays you? And Peter, seeing him, seeing John, he said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Okay, what's he going to do? And the King James says, Lord, what shall this man do? Mm-hmm. And Jesus said to him, if I, had, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Right. So well, I here's think the, the f- deal. So he was saying, okay, well, what about John? What's, what's he going to do? And, and Jesus said, well, just uh, you follow me. Keep your eyes on me. Don't, right. don't just be distracted. I mean, yeah, we care for other people, but here's the focus. We've got an individual race to run, mm-hmm. and we run it in the context of others in the body of Christ as right. well. Right, and Paul talks about his individual race 
uh, in Colossians, he talks about, was given to him, a minister according to the stewardship of God, to make known the mysteries which have been hidden from the ages, from the generations, uh, which have now been revealed to the to the saints, to make known what are those riches, the riches of glory, of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the mystery that Paul, his assignment, uh, was to bring to the, uh, their understanding the mystery of the eternal ages, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So he began to set forth his life to preach those things. And in the process, he gave us uh, patterns, admonitions, warnings, um, instruction in how to run that race. Right. And well, the word mystery in the in the New Testament is not like a, a mystery novel. Wonder It's not a whodunit kind of thing. Like a mystery novel or something, uh, but well, kind it, of, it, kind of like who done it? What's in, going in on? In a sense, but it's like it's something that's hidden, that's now being revealed. Right. In other words, the mystery is he's kind of Paul's role was to solve the mystery. Right. And God and, used I mean, him to, to do that to share what the mystery is yeah. all about to yeah. reveal what was hidden, now revealed. And he says specifically, as you read, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, yeah, that's really cool that his job was to do the mysteries, um, to solve mysteries. So that's what we did. But in Colossians chapter 2, he begins by his his admonitions and teachings by saying, um, Now this I say, lest anyone, verse 4, should deceive you with persuasive words. So he's saying on this race... There's going to be many who come to deceive. Jesus also said that, do not be deceived. Let no one deceive you. Many will come in my name. So there's this, on the path, there are many opportunities to turn, make a wrong turn, uh, get lost, um, lose your way uh, through the persuasive words, opinions, uh, uh, propaganda, programming of this world, whether it's blasted at us through the the, uh, airwaves, the the programs on TV, the newscasting, the media, whatever it is, there's many ways, and I think even more now than then, uh, ways for us to be distracted by the persuasive words of men. Um, So he says um, he's rejoicing in them, seeing their steadfast life in Christ. Um, He says, now, verse 6, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. So this Life with Christ is really a walk. We're on a walk with Jesus. We're on a walk through the journeys of life, the, he- the hell and the heaven, the good and the bad, with Jesus Christ carrying us half the time to, to go forward to make it back safe to heaven. He says, so we're walking, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So on our walk, rooted and grounded, built up and going forward, we are walking with thanksgiving. We're walking with gratitude. Um, Then he says again, beware, 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 aware of people who would cheat you through, out of your peace, out of your abiding, through their empty deceits and their world philosophies and the traditions of men and religions and principles of the world that are not based in Christ Jesus. Um, For in him, in Christ, he reminds them, dwells the fullness of the Godhead. Everything, he says, you are complete in him as they had, you know, we're complete. So why are we striving to be complete when we already are complete? And what we're really doing is walking out that completion. So if we go into Colossians chapter three, uh, we start, we we continue to see the list of um, warnings, admonitions, uh, instructions that Paul is giving for those who are on this, in this race, on this walk. It's a race, a walk, it's a, it's a life. Um, he says, verse one, 
if you then were raised with Christ, raised up with him, um, brought together with him, incorporated into his death on the cross, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So we have to realize that we are, have to be aware of two different places on this walk. The place we are here in time and space and, this, and the position we have seated with Christ in heavenly places, seated in the heavenly. So we are kind of um, interdimensional. Uh, as Once you're saved, you're interdimensional. You have the dimensions of heaven and earth. And we are, you know, we're, we're in, on earth, we're God's contact point, heavenly contact point to get things done on earth. But we still have to be aware that we have two sets of, of reality. We're created with, with Christ seated in heavenly places, names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we're also... Here on earth. Yes. Walking through the, through the maze here on earth. But he says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Boy, do we need that today. I mean, things on the earth are... are it's, a, it's really a train wreck. Well, right and now. it's all about anxiety. It's <laughs> anxiety, about, you know, fear. And that's really control. what it is. When you're setting your mind on the things on the earth, your mind is going to be pulled into fear mm-hmm. and anxiety and worry and oh no and what if. And the, the devil, let me get this to you guys. The devil talks to our souls. He talks to your mind and he talks to your heart. He puts thoughts and feelings there and makes you to believe. Those are your thoughts and your feelings. And if you don't resist the devil, submit to God, resist the devil, he will not flee. He will continue to build his case in your mind, adding argument to argument, lie to lie, until he's got you down under and feeling overwhelmed. And your your race is kind of grinding to a halt at that place where you're actually engaged in a battle. You can't run a race and be fighting a battle at the same time. So you have to realize that we are fighting the good fight of faith constantly. And a lot of it is the wars going on in your soul. Ephesians, uh, I'm sorry, Colossians 3, 3, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So we died with him. We've, we've died with Christ. We've been raised with Christ. The that's, mystery. That's mm-hmm. the truth. Okay. That's, a, that's, a, that's a mystery. That's that our Paul true position. Is, yeah, it's our and you know what this is in very Christ, right in Christ. That's where we are. We're in this world, Jesus said, but we're not of this world. But we are in Christ. This is our, our in position. Him I live this and move our, and have my this, being. Right. This is our location. Right. right? Yes. So so our location uh, is hidden with Christ and God. We are uh, seated in heavenly places as we walk through the earth here. But so when verse three again, what we're saying is another revelation of a mystery. You are you for you died. Even though we're walking around here breathing and talking and eating food and whatnot, we're we have spiritually, technically been incorporated, like I said, into Christ's death and we have died. So think of it this way a dead man doesn't sin, a dead man it doesn't get jealous. A dead man doesn't get anxious. We're dead. Your life is hidden with Christ and God. Just like we were hidden in our mother's womb and God already knew about us. Now we're hidden in Christ and God still knows about us. Mm-hmm. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will all appear with him in glory. So it's not, we're not going to appear in glory with him until he appears. And so again, this is another mystery that we're here on this earth, but it really uh, elevates the um, call upon our life, the the focus, um, what is really eternally important as opposed to what is momentarily urgent. Right, yeah. In verse 5, therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. In other words, things to get rid of, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. This is pretty much a pattern of 
Well, what, unbelief. What goes it's a, on in the world. But see, the thing is, if people do not know who they are, that they're made by God, holy and, and appointed, adopted, they're going to believe what they see. And they're, this is what the devil is trying to get you to believe and ag- agree with, that you have this horrible, sinful, ugly human nature, fornication. He sees us, we see ourselves doing all these things or seeing others do them. And we become confused about um, the being made in the image of God because we see we are making judgments, redefining ourselves based on our behavior. Right, and he says, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. So there's a there's a division. There's, there's a separation. The yeah. sons of obedience and the sons of disobedience. Right, in which you also once walked as you lived when you lived in them. Now, this is a past tense, right. which you once walked when you lived in. So there's a, there's a demar- line of demarcation right. here. There's there's a death to these things. That's called a, salvation or born again. New life mm-hmm. in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. But now you must also put off these all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with yes. his deeds. Well, see, the thing you is, we're, put we're we put on the new man. Notice, so it's what we put off and then what we put on. Notice there's a refining process. First, you're going to get rid of fornication and blasphemy and covetousness, uh, um, evil desires. And then you're going to refine it down to getting dealing with anger and malice uh, and filthy language, ma- blasphemy, cursing. Um, so the thing is, God, the process of walking the with Christ, walking in him, with him, is a refining process. The, the journey, the, the race, the walk is all to make us ultimately more like Jesus. So we, we says, but you must put these things off. We have to make that decision to say, I, that's not who I am. Uh, anger, mm-hmm. wrath, malice, get out of me. You're not me. I'm not going mm-hmm. to yield my mouth or my members, as Paul said in Romans, to your uh, your suggestions or temptations. So is that is that a matter of willpower or is that something else? It's is a process of, done by the Holy Spirit and we yes. yield to it. It's yeah. an obedience to, to God. It's not me figuring out how I'm going to get to the next level of greatness or holiness. It's that I can't even do that. I am the little teacup that's on the potter's wheel and I'm not going to tell the potter how to make the teacup. The teacup is going to be formed by the potter's own inspiration and, and uh, hand put on the clay. So, um, Amen. and then he goes on and say, do not lie to one another. Don't lie to yourselves. If you lie to yourself, you can't have an honest relationship with yourself or with anyone else. Um, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man. That's what he did. The old man, he, he lied, he connived, he, he, you know, deceived people to, to gain advantage. And he says, but you have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. You know, the thing that we really lost in the garden, when we ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we really lost the knowledge of goodness. We lost mm-hmm. the knowledge of the Spirit of God and how He sees us, and we start to see everything through this tainted, wicked, corrupt, bitter uh, uh, lens of unbelief and hurt and pain. Mm-hmm. And He talks about, and uh, well, jumped over to verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, ooh, chosen, you meant. Going back we, to we, Ephesians, we, we yeah. read that, Ephesians 1 chosen, selected before the foundation of the world, before our bodies were even formed in our mother's womb, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on, okay, Mm -hmm. tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. 
If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. Now, and a lot of people look at these verses, they say they see it as a list of things to okay, do. I'll say, of okay, works. I got to be kind today. Yep. Okay, I got to be merciful today. Mm-hmm. I got to be humble today. Uh, yep. I'm, I got to work on my meekness today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, oh, my long I'm coming suffering. a little short on my forgiveness here. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but, you know, and people see their life as a, an accomplishment of works, and, and that's the way the world sets it up. You are what you do, and if you do well, you, you are good. And if you don't do much, you're, you know, worthless. But that's not how this is meant to be read, that you that these are assignments or works that you have to accomplish when are you done with tender mercies when are you done with humility and meekness when when have you accomplished that when is how, that how, yeah how do you rate yourself how do you on a know scale of one to when ten you got how are you doing with meekness it is not a uh, it's, a not, it's a not a list it's not we, it's, it's, we, pr- it's hey, a process we read it before in ephesians 2 salvation it's not of works lest any man should boast. yeah but that's exactly what Satan but tries God, to make it about and then when you fail and you don't be perfect, then he comes back at you with, with a condemnation and accusation. So, so we are his workmanship. So it's God's you know, problem. It's, it's God is working in us He's to the willing potter. to do of his good pleasure. Yeah. So it's basically his allowing his work in us, and it's a flow. Uh, it's not so much a, a, a step-by-step yeah. thing. It's a, it's a flow it's of, a his, life. of his life. It's a life. life. He yeah. said, and he says... Um, and about above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, mm-hmm. and 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 let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. And he goes on. He says, "Let the word of Christ wow. dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing." Uh, with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And so, so the word let means permit, permit, agree let. with, cooperate with the Holy Spirit who has been sent, actually lives inside of you. To His job is to do let. all this stuff. His job is to perfect that which concerns you. His job is to cause you, lead you, uh, inspire you, uh, give you grace and strength to, you know, forgive and to, uh, and to love and to, um, yield and to be humble. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, so we're, the, we're the branch. The vine supplies the nourishment, and the Holy Spirit is the one who's been sent to live inside you to orchestrate your your uh, sanctification. And I think a lot of people just think it's it really have missed the whole point of the Holy Spirit abiding in you to do all this work, and they go back to, it's up to me, my responsibility, I've got to be good today, i got to do another Bible study today, I've got to you know, you know, do this, this, and this to be meek and humble, and you've missed the whole boat, and you become anxious because it's not about being anxious, it's about abiding. It's not about anxiety, it's about abiding in Christ. And again, you know, the little teacup on the potter's wheel, does not become anxious or worried. It simply yields itself to the potter's hand, to the pressure, to the work of the of the the, the, the potter. And so, you know, the teacup isn't responsible for how it turns out. The potter is. And I think a lot of times we say, well, you're saying, well, you know, aren't you going to take responsibility? Yeah, my responsibility is to yield to God, to, to walk in that place of death and resurrection in putting on the new man and putting off these old things by cooperating. Here's, here's a key, I think, a key thing. Uh, verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. 
giving thanks to God and the Father through him. Basically, in the name of it, it talks about in the name of something. It's not just the name Jesus, but in his name, but his it's honor, it's his. It speaks of his character, mm-hmm. his honor, and basically what these qualities are that we put on: tender mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, uh, forgiving. These are all the qualities of Christ. Bearing with one another, love. Mm-hmm. Though that's the life of Christ. Those are characteristics. Mm-hmm of the Christ who formed us who lives and in called us mm-hmm. since before the foundation of the world. Yeah. And, then, and then if you go down to uh, verse 23 of mm-hmm. Colossians 3 and 23 and 24, mm-hmm. uh, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Whatever you do, whatever he has you doing, it might be the most humble, Medio- yeah. mediocre, mm-hmm. unnoticed thing imaginable. If you do it as unto the Lord, it's wow. it says verse twenty five for twenty four, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So basically, if you're you know you're working a jo- at a job, you're not really serving your boss. You, you know you're serving the Lord. You're, Always. you're doing it uh, That's on, why. as unto the Lord. If you're doing your work as unto the Lord, not to please men. You're going to be the blessed employee around. Well, and not only that, but you're going to have completed the purpose and call to which God has called you. Um, In Ephesians, I mean, Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and we run with what? With endurance. Endurance. Without discouragement. We continually faithful, pursuing, uh, confidently, enduring. The race that is set before us, looking what? Not to ourselves, not to how we're doing, not to how we're feeling, not to what other people are saying, not to what the circumstances are telling us, but we look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured what? The cross, the misery, the scoffing, the ridicule, the cross-examinations, the, the, the um, wickedness of the enemy attacking him despising the shame he he would he didn't grab onto the same oh i did this so bad i'm so terrible but he has, as a, but he sat down after he accomplished all this went through all these gauntlets of shame and condemnation and discouragement to sit down at the right hand of the throne of god consider him who endured such hostility of sinners so we're pattering ourselves following after him holy spirit's tr- making us like jesus Jesus finished his race perfectly <laughs> right. according to the plan of the Father mm-hmm. because of his love for us. And it's interesting, Paul uh, says in Ephesians chapter 20, he says, you know... Acts the, 20. I'm sorry, yeah. yeah I I'm think jumping you're... around. I'm, <laughs> Acts chapter 20, pardon me. Um, verse uh, 20, verses 23, the last part of verse 23, says the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. I'm going to be in prison. I'm going to even have more trouble than I've had before. And he had a lot of it, those of you that know about his life. All kinds of persecution, shipwrecks, mm. attacks by false brethren, uh, all kinds of things that yeah. came against people him. forsaking Ab- him, churches leaving him. Abandonment, yeah. abandonment by his friends. But he says, verse 24 of Acts 20, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, Mm -hmm. so that I may, what? Finish my race or course. Mm -hmm. The course there can mean your career, all right, in in Christ, so that I may finish my course with what? Joy Mm -hmm. and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify 
to the gospel of the grace of God. He yeah. says, no matter what is mm-hmm. coming my way, I'm not shaken by this because mm-hmm. what is he doing? He's looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of his faith. And uh, I don't count my life dear to myself. I want to finish the race right. that the Lord has put set me in me. here, yeah. set before me with joy. So you answer only to the Lord. You don't answer even to your own self. And in Second Timothy, he says it again. He says, verse 6, uh, 4, 6, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. He's considering, you know, his life has been poured out. He hasn't lived his life unto himself. He's given it to the Lord. His time's about up from him. Yeah, he's ready to go. And he says, in summation of his own life, he says, I have fought the good fight. It was a good fight. It was a lot of fighting, a lot of strife, and, you know, things. Paul had to work his way through that. That he was cutting a path. I mean, this path wasn't wasn't cut yet. This was a he was a trail breaker, and you know, yeah, in the things exactly. of God, in the things of what exactly. what's it going to be? Is it going to be religion, or is it going to be relationship? Is it going to be Judaism, or is it going to be Christ's gospel? He says, "I poured out um, time of my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept my faith. Kept the faith." So, in in other words, we don't always know where we're at in this race, in this fight. But he, at the end, was able to realize, "I finished the race. I'm done." I can't, are we going to be able to say that at the end? I'm done. I did a I did a good job. I did a good job. I finished. <laughs> I finished. Know, I, I, I'm I, happy with I, how it went. I it got went. I got the I got in the race and I got the t-shirt. I went through as, hell and high water, but I'm okay. I got in the race and I got my t-shirt as a finisher. No. He says, finally, verse eight. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, mm-hmm. which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me. He's actually the only true, ri- truly righteous judge mm. on that who, day. Will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved His appearing. He said, "So the reward is going to be for those who finish their course with joy." Not only starting with Jesus, but well, I mean, he says he's the author and finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, he starts us in the race, he keeps us through the race, he mm-hmm. guides us through the race, and he'll enable us to finish our course with joy, and he will reward us according to our faithfulness. Because we are his workmanship, we're his thought, we're his, you know, he, his life expressed through us, um, and so. Whatever he has for you is the best thing that could possibly be for you. So, Father God, inspire us, keep us, make us strong in the, in the uh, confidence in the Holy Spirit that we are not alone, that you're working together all things for good for us, perfecting that which concerns us, that it's your problem. We're your problem as we follow and yield to you as you work through your Holy Spirit to perfect and refine that which concerns us, Lord. We are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And I ask, Lord, that you'd encourage those that may be weary in their particular race and their course where they don't understand what's going on, what's happening. Mm -hmm. But help them, Lord, to look to you. You're with them as you were with Paul through all his trouble and tribulation. And you're with us. You formed us. You've guided us. You've helped us. You, all all through our days, and you you will never leave us or forsake us. So I just pray that we will seek those things which are above, looking to you every day, every moment, the author, the finisher of our faith. And for those of you who want more help, instruction, encouragement, check out liferecovery.com. There are a lot of books, tapes, CDs, uh, encouragements 
Um, this week, let's check out uh, Taking the Devil to Court, which is really helpful in understanding how the devil buffets us on our way, on our journey, on our, our uh, walk with God in this race. Taking the Devil to Court, liferecovery.com. God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.